Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broadcast Game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. <sighs> Maybe it's better this way. At least now we won't be, uh, we can't get sucked into the delusion of, oh, you know, they're on a five-game winning streak heading into Pittsburgh and Washington next week. Then after, you know, after Christmas, maybe they can get something going. Not a real tough road trip. No. Um, In case the three straight wins, I don't know, fooled anybody, um, got anybody's hopes up that a turnaround was coming, they just lost to the Montreal Canadiens, who uh, fucking suck. They're horrible. They've won six of their first 30 games. They have like a negative 45 goal differential coming into this game, 46, something like that. Uh, I, I mean, losing to this team, absolute embarrassment. And I know we've been able to say that a few times this year, uh, but like – you know, oh, you know, the hard part of their schedule, uh, they're playing all these good teams. Montreal's hardly an NHL team. Like, if not for Arizona, they'd be the worst team in the league. And Arizona's not an NHL team. They're just not. They barely have a home rink. Uh, I, I, I have so little to say about this. Um, let's name the good thing. Carter Hart, he was fine. Um, you know... I actually, the Flyers get outplayed for most of the first 40 minutes. I actually thought the first 11, 12 minutes of the third period were pretty good. I thought it was the best they looked for a sustained period of time all night. And then, of course, Montreal takes over. They eventually tie it up on a goal by, I don't even know who the fuck the guy was. I just heard JJ say a couple of times he hasn't scored in five years. So it was very obvious he was going to get one. And, of course, he gets the game-tying goal. The shootout attempts were... um, they might as well have forfeited. Uh, let's just get right into it. I, this team is so d- embarrassing. Let's go to Warren Brody to lead it off. Warren, you're live on the post game. Hey, yeah. How you doing? Yeah, that was uh, that was not a great game today. Uh, congratulations, Jackson Cates. Nice, nice play tonight. And Max Wilman uh, played well. And you know, maybe some of these other veterans. I felt like. TK again, Giroux, Couturier tonight. Wait, did TK per- play tonight? 
<laughs> but it's not just him. I mean, oh, I yeah, didn't no, notice Giroux or Couturier missed on the second uh, goal, uh, lost a faceoff. He was stripped by a, a minor league player. I added, and then the the overtime is embarrassing. It shows the to- their total lack of talent. They did, they did putting out old, I don't want to say washed up veterans, but guys that don't have any speed. I mean, Keith Yandel, uh, Keith Yandel is washed up. Well, that's, that's ridiculous, but we should, we should be able to put out a team that can win in overtime. Uh, to get a, <laughs> to get an overtime power play. I mean, <laughs> to get to three on three against that team, one, like you had a third period lead against one of the worst third period teams in the league. That's embarrassing. You should be able to just beat them on pure talent in three on three. And that was and, like in slow motion. It, it, I mean, it's like there's no speed. They didn't put anyone out there with speed. I get, you know, I don't think the coach had a great night either. Uh, they didn't put anyone out with speed in overtime. It was just awful. Uh, you you do see, I mean, they have so little speed in their lineup. Uh, like, well, they don't... Re- reward Max Willman, put him out oh, there. Oh yeah, absolute. <laughs> Max Willman was the best player in the ice tonight. And he played tw- He didn't play more than twelve. He played like twelve, thirteen minutes. Yeah, and like maybe that's who he is on a night-to-night basis, but tonight he was your best player. Get him out there. It's not like anyone else was doing anything. Like, Max oh. Willman had, like, the three best scoring chances of the night, including the goal. Uh, it's when Jackson Cates and Max Willman, and thanks a lot, Warren, I appreciate it. Uh, like, when those are your goal scorers and those are the guys that you're talking about after the game. Now, listen, good for them. Uh, they're getting an opportunity. Max Willman getting an opportunity. Jackson Cates gets an opportunity in a game. Good for them taking advantage of it. Uh, that's what you need to do. That's how you earn a spot to stay in the league. Awesome. When they're your only goal scorers against the worst team in the Eastern Conference, like, you got to look at yourself here. Uh, this is – Montreal didn't do anything special tonight. It's not like Montreal came out hungry. Uh, you know, they've lost 9 out of 10. They, I mean, they've only won six of their first 30 games. You know, any, any sample size you want to look at, like, they're an embarrassingly bad team. And they took it to the Flyers for uh, 48 of 60 minutes tonight in regulation. Like, absolute embarrassment. Chris H., Chris H., you're live on the post game. Uh, hey, Bill, how are you doing? I'm well, Chris. How are you? Uh, I was starting to feel optimistic. I was starting to, <laughs> I was starting to have hope when this team started to win again. And then you have a game like this where – it's like you can feel that they're not going to score because the game yeah. is low scoring and Hart standing on his head. And at every shot we're doing, we're, it's going right into the guy's pads. It, like the Flyers have a bunch of shots on net, but none of them felt dangerous. They, they're just shooting the puck. There's no guys by the net. So it's easy for him to gobble it up. I mean, and then even in the shootout attempt, you got, you know, G and Coots. I don't even know what they're doing. They're just, they don't perform any moves. They're just like, oh, shoot it right into his pads. I'm like, you, and uh, it's just frustrating. Yeah, G tried to wait him out, and he just didn't give him the five hole. But from Claude Giroux, who's got a bag of tricks, like as soon as he as soon as he doesn't give you something, you need to be able to call an audible. Sean Couturier has one move. Uh, he tried it from the right side instead of the left side this time. It was equally as unimpressive. And then uh, it just looks like 
uh, Cam Atkinson ran out of room. He had a little bit of net, but by that time it was too late and just ran straight into Primo. Like, but all night, you're right. Uh, for a Caden Primo is not good, and they just didn't give him anything to worry about. No traffic, no rebound chances. Just like the two goals that went in were just lucky kind of things that happened, and. That's it. That's the only offense you muster all night. Scott Lawton, in, in overtime, makes a nice move and bumps it wide. That's it. Those are your high-danger chances. And by, and it's, I'm starting to notice, like, this team lacks speed, and we all know that. They're, they're like sure. sloths out there. But, I mean, the centermen, it's like we just don't have the horses at center. Like, I love Coots, and, you know, Hayes is okay, but – Coots isn't a 1C. He's not a 1C. Like, 1Cs in this game don't get shut down like that. You don't get yeah, shut down yeah. against the Canadians. You know, Hayes gets shut down. You can't get shut down against teams like that. Like, even if you're, you know, you don't score a goal, you got to get some assists. You got to, you know, make some plays. And these Create guys are some, like, Make something, make me think that you're better. Like, if, if Caden Primo comes out tonight and has 48 saves, all right, sometimes stupid shit happens. But to not even test him, and you're right, Chris, like, Sean Couturier, maybe not a 1C on a championship team. And even, like, if you look at ice time distribution, maybe he plays the most, but you have somebody ahead of him who's, like, a dynamic center. But you look down the middle, Kevin Hayes is, when healthy, I think, faster than he looks out there, uh, but not, I wouldn't call him fast. Uh, Sean Couturier, we know he's he's awkward and lumbering. They just have no speed down the middle, and it kind of like their whole game is clogged up, and that's what they looked like all night tonight. And my last point is that I mean Travis Konechny, he's looked awful this season, and he looked awful tonight. He was bobbling the puck, and I'm ready like to move that contract. If they're going to move somebody, I would move him, move him in a deal, and just take a draft pick just to get the cap hit off the books because he is horrible. No, to be paying him over $5 million for the next however many years, that thing looks like an absolute albatross right now. Uh, thanks a lot, Chris. And listen, it looked like a deal at the time. Uh, Travis Connecting has shown flashes. He's looked like the type of player that is just a gem to draft him where you did, but he's just looked beyond average for an extended period of time now. Um, there's not a doubt in my mind he'll produce somewhere else, which is a whole other thing we can get into at some point. But uh, I don't want to give up, but we're talking about he's not a young kid anymore. He's in his prime. This is supposed to be when we're getting the absolute most out of Travis Konechny. He had one shift tonight. He had one shift. Uh, it was in the third, I believe. He had a couple of chances, made a few things happen, made a move. One, against the Montreal Canadiens who are hardly an NHL team. I Terrible. And I don't want to pile on TK because plenty of guys deserve blame tonight. Nobody looked like uh, – I mean, they scored two goals, and it was by – I joked online. Mike Vecchioni and Drake Kajula scored tonight. Like, it's, it's not all on TK, especially a game like tonight where nobody does shit. But, man, for a dude whose whole thing is being noticeable, he can go an entire game anymore with – without you even knowing he's in the lineup. Sean V, Sean V, you're live on the post game. What's up, Bill? This sucks, man. Um, I um, I know a lot of people don't like Travis Sanheim, but I've always been a Sanheim guy. I thought he stood out tonight as one of the few players that looked 
better than the rest. I don't know why they don't put him on the power play, man. Yandel does not have it on the power play, in my opinion. I, I would love to see Sanheim or Risto. I mean, that's just me. I mean, honestly, both of them, they're, they're, they're your best chance at creating offense from the blue line, especially with Ellis out. Um, Sanheim, he is what he is at this point. I think people just expected so much more of him. They expected him to be Kevin Shattenkirk, and he's just not. Um, but, yeah, he's for a second-pair defenseman, he's adequate. He, he, he He's totally fine in that role. Uh, but it's just like that's all they have. Like Ivan Provorov is not a first pair defenseman. Obviously, Ristolainen has proven uh, he can't play those big minutes. Travis Sanheim, yeah, I- I've always thought in terms of Sanheim on the power play, I want him to earn that time, and he just doesn't produce enough offense. But at this point, fuck it. Like, who does? Are you telling me Ivan Provorov's producing offense? He deserves power play time. Keith Yandel belongs in the press box, like, or or in the AHL. He stinks. Like, Sanheim, why not? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, those are all good points. And Sanheim still frustrates me because he shoots a lot of wide pucks, man, a, a lot of wide pucks. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to convince this team that they need a rebuild. But it, that, that just seems like the only direction to me. I, 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 don't, I don't mean to harp on it, but it seems like what's going to have to happen. But, you know, I'm not going to get my hopes up until they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, thanks, Bill. <laughs> I appreciate it, Sean. And, no, you make a great point. Uh, like, tonight – very frustrating because a lot of people did start to see hope again, at least some sort of, uh, you know what, maybe they're better than like the bottom five team they looked like during the 10 game losing streak. I think a game like tonight at least puts in perspective. They are as bad as we thought they were and getting your hopes up is maybe it's better. Maybe it's better for all of us that they lost this game because it shows us they don't have another level. Like, yeah, they won three in a row because, you know, they played two shit teams and they beat Vegas because Carter Hart was awesome. Uh, and, and nobody loses, you know, nobody loses 15, 20 in a row. Like, it, it, it just doesn't happen. Variance says you're going to win every now and then. Maybe it's better for all of our states of mind. And honestly, maybe it's better for the people who are going to be making the decisions at the trade deadline and after the season to see exactly what this team is and not get false hope. Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you're live on the post game. What's up, Bill? How are you tonight, Hunter? <laughs> Good, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know. Yo, I got it, man. Like, honestly, I'm going to be straight up. I said it in the chat. I can't watch a game with no fans again. That was so fucking AIDS. That's, like, for... I thought it was going to be Montreal that had... um like less energy because, you know, they just finished up a road trip. They've lost seven in a row. Now they come home and like, okay, we have the home crowd behind us. <laughs> nope, that got taken away. But it was the Flyers who just came out with nothing. Another slow start against a shit team. But, yeah, to your point, I just I just realized you said so fucking AIDS and, like, that's hilarious. Um, oh, it is. Uh, no, like, I went- no it, is, it is garbage to watch. Like, at least – the game would have had maybe a little more emotion with the people in the stands, but that felt for a lot of this game like an exhibition game. No, it it does because I even I was at the game when they played Washington uh, under their new when they only allowed like three thousand fans or whatever in, and that was even terrible. Like that was boring too. I, I don't know. Like, hey, if they're gonna tank 
or they don't want to try, at least do it if the NHL is going to go no fans with this whole fucking COVID debacle. I mean, if they want to do that and then tank, dude, I don't give a shit. Yeah, at least then people aren't paying to see a shit product, which, I mean, they are anyway, but at least you could, like, say you're doing it on purpose if you fucking tank. Yeah, I'd rather go watch three Disney on Ice uh, shows and watch them. Um, One thing is, is... Do... I don't know, Bill, like, what, and, and I've been saying this, but what do we do? Do do we tank? I, like, I don't even know, because uh, we brought up a good point on uh, BSH Radio. It's something Charlie's been saying, like, in our Slack chat and, like, here and there. Is it possible to full tank? Like, yeah, you can get into the top ten, but can you get a top one, two, three pick if Carter Hart is as good as we think he is? Like, is it actually possible? to tank that badly. Like I, I proposed the idea he needs to come down with a phantom injury. Like, and then, you know, the next year you go, well, he's recovering from injury. He can only play half the games. Like, is it actually possible to tank with what the situation they're in? Like Kevin Hayes, uh, some of these guys they have locked up, it's good enough to be mediocre. Like they'll never be horrible. Yeah. I don't know. Cause this, this goalie that was in that primo, I mean, he was, he's bad. He's, yeah, he's got like, this, and like this is he's 22, 23 years old, and this is his ninth start. So it's hard to like make any sweeping generalizations about him, but he's never had success. No, I I've never, and this whole year with the Flyers, ever since the beginning of their ten game losing streak, even when they lost to Vancouver in the beginning of the year, because they're a bad team. But I just haven't had confidence in this team, and I don't know for those people who. Do still have confidence or we're high on this team? Man, whatever you're on, dude, I need. Yeah. Hook me up with your dealer. Like, hook me up with your dealer oh, because God. clearly God. he's got some good shit. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I mean, I'd rather spend my time in a pillowcase room for a month than watch this shit. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Hunter. I appreciate it. It is like – and this is one of those losses – if the thing about the 10 game losing streak that made me think this team just doesn't have it beyond like, ah, you know, bad luck, good teams, et cetera. It's just like they, this team still has so much of what we saw from them last year. And if last season and what we've seen in, you know, what 30 or whatever games this year, if that's any indication, this is the sort of loss. Fuck man. Like they might, there's a really good chance they don't beat Ottawa on Saturday, you know? And then you're looking at Washington and Pittsburgh, who are clearly superior teams to the Flyers. We could be looking at another losing streak heading into Christmas. Uh, Dan Allen. Dan, you're live on the post game. Hey, uh, just I wanted to, before I talk about this so-called hockey team, um, just the fact that Caden Primo is Keith Primo's son and he's starting games in the NHL right now is blowing my mind. <laughs> and that's like a young son of his. I'm pretty sure he's got a kid about my age, like like 10, 12 years older than Caden. Yeah, he's got a uh, 20-year-old son too, I think. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but still. Uh, and and I because of this, I looked up Keith, and, it, and he was 32 years old when he turned into Lindros then in 2004. And that's how old I am now, so I feel super old. <laughs> um, but uh, for the Flyers, I think it's appropriate that uh, Jackson Cates and Max Willman were the goal scorers because uh, they're the two guys who haven't been up long enough to allow this 
this team to crush their souls and destroy any semblance of good hockey that they possess like it has to most other players. So, uh, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. No, and I think it perfectly exemplifies the type of game this was. Like, those guys are your only goal scorers. That's how you played tonight. Like, Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, these are these guys, are they superstars in the league anymore? They're not. But should they be able to beat the shit out of a horrible Montreal team? Like, this should have been a pad-the-stats sort of night for our best players, and we're, we're sitting here questioning, like, were they in the lineup? Not only that, but I, I missed most of the game because I was at work, but I caught the uh, the Love end of it. Thank you. Yes, uh, it is. It is. Uh, small miracles. Uh, but um, uh, that game-tying goal, uh, that was Couturier who got beaten uh, in the front yeah. of the net by that, that guy. That was his man who scored, this this random guy who no one's ever heard of who hasn't scored in a million years. So, you know, other than, you know, uh, props to Claude Giroux for continuing to be Claude Giroux and, you know, and, and produce even even if, t- you know, tonight wasn't one of his nights. But, you know, other than him, there's nobody on this team who's performing anywhere near where they should be performing. And, uh, you know, they're they're a bunch of uh, I, I hate saying this, but they're a bunch of a uh, bunch of gutless uh, players who, uh, you know, I'm sure they could beat me in a fight, but um, I'd like to. <laughs> I'd, I'd swing some fists with them right now. That 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 just you know that's my feeling. No, and I appreciate it, Dan. And it, 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 you do get into the like. I wish someone just cared as much as I do. Like it, there is absolutely zero excuse, and I I know because. I've been saying so much about the Flyers when, you know, there's three wins in a row. Like, everyone wins every now and then. And sure, that's kind of what happened to Montreal tonight. Again, they've lost seven in a row. They've lost nine of ten. They've only won six of their first 30 games. Everybody wins every now and then. But do you have to be that team? Like, is – do you are you, do you have to be the one that's always making that excuse? Like, well, they're bound to win eventually. The guy who scored the game-tying goal hasn't fucking scored since, like, Obama was in office. Like, it's a goddamn disgrace. Uh, Jack Conroy. Jack, you're live in the postgame. Hey, Bill. uh, Just uh, first wanted to talk about how boring this team is. Horrible. Horribly boring. Just watching the game. I'm getting, you know, so bored, and they're up 2-1. I'm, I'm thinking about turning on Thursday night football. I, I can't even stand it anymore. And then in the shootout, I'm practically dozing off watching Couturier come in on the far right side, taking away all his angles. He always does it. He gives himself no shot and primo in that easy save. I mean, they should have been in the offensive zone the whole game, putting up like eight goals but you know since the Canadians are whatever the second worst in the league that they're going to lose and they're just going to look horrible. Uh, my second point is uh, I'm starting to think Fletcher might have to be on his way out. Let's let's go uh, over a history lesson here. Um, the uh, Sorry, uh, Fletcher drafted Cam York over the guy who lit the Flyers up tonight. Didn't score, but had like 20 shots. Cole Caulfield looked nice out there. Uh, Fletcher brings in Derek Grant and Thompson to help out with the bubble playoff. He makes no moves in that offseason except bring in Gustafson, which is one of the worst moves I've ever seen. And we know all know how that season turned out. 
And then he, I guess, goes all in this offseason, and it's the same result. He loses his coach. I'm starting to think Fletcher's going to have to be on his way out because th- this well, is horrible. It, if they do go in another direction, he has to go. And, like, I'm looking at guys, and, and I don't doubt that this team needed a culture change, and I thought it at the time. But I'm looking at, you know, Shane Gostisbehere, who I, I love. I know he probably needed a change of scenery. But, like, man, if you were so in on the coach, you were so in on the coach that you had to move on from these productive players, then uh, Jake Voracek, Shane Gossespierre, you had to move them for culture purposes. And, again, no doubt, maybe we needed, maybe we needed just a locker room shakeup. But that, to me, says, okay, we're choosing the coach over the players. Then the coach needs him more than the fucking leash you gave him. And considering what they gave the coach, which was absolutely nothing for the first 20, 25 games of this season, then, like, you made a horrible mistake saying, oh, yeah, we're going to, you know, I'm going to take I'm going to take A.V.'s shopping list. I'm going to give him what he needs to do to to run his system and have his locker room. Well, that was an outright failure. You can't let this guy then oversee, you know, a a prolonged rebuild, the next big coach hire. You can't trust Fletcher to do it. Yep, exactly. And just one more thing, going back to the boring thing, at least like, you know, five years ago during the Hextel era, whatever, like Giroux and Voracek would be like scoring a ton of goals and they'd actually look, you know, somewhat energized. These guys, they just look dead. They just have nights where they're not there. Yes. It's just, it's horrific to watch. And I'm just sick of the team. Honestly, I I just, I'm going to have to start turning it off because it's horrible. It's, it's really bad. I feel you, Jack. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Uh, Yeah. It's, they're a horrible team to watch. Like, just from an entertainment standpoint, every now and then they score some goals. But here's another game, two goals. And who are the goal scorers? A couple of guys who barely belong in the NHL. And, again, good for them earning their opportunity. Uh, I hope they stay up. I hope they continue to do well. Uh, that's how you earn your place in the league. Get your opportunity. Take advantage of your opportunity. But when they're the only two guys that score in a game against the worst team in the league, where the fuck is everybody else? Uh, Ian Ackerman, Ian, you're live on the post game. What's up, man? How are you tonight? I'm pissed, dude. This fucking team. Like, what did we do to deserve this god-awful bullshit? I, I don't know, man. Like, all we do – like, look at how many people are here to talk about this bullshit team. All we do is care about them, and all they do is – Fucking suck. Just twisting the knife even further, man. It's killing me. Thank God we had the birds in 2017 and the Phillies in 2008 because this is a nightmare. Ugh. Um, but yeah, I I don't know what to say. Like when you have Willman and uh, Jackson Cates as your only goal scorers, I thought for sure we'd at least like put up five or six goals easy on Montreal. I just I don't get it. Yeah, I thought they were going to be able to keep the offense rolling. Uh, third period, I thought, like, first 11, 12 minutes, I was like, okay, they've looked like shit all night. They have the lead. It looks like they're taking the game over. And then suddenly, around, like, eight minutes left, Montreal just turned it back on and had the puck for the rest of the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I as soon as I saw that they had tied it, I knew we were either going to lose in overtime or a shootout. Like, once it – I. I listened to the end of overtime. I went to a shootout. I'm like, I'm going to take a shower because I know they're going to lose. And lo and behold, they lost. Thanks, man. 
All right, appreciate it, Ann. Yeah, like, how do you go 0 for 3 against Caden Primo in the shootout? Like, how? Zach Boyle, Zach, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Um, wow. Um, I know you're a betting guy, so I guess I got to wonder at what point are they going to start doing over unders of whether or not Provorov is going to bobble the puck at the blue line? <laughs> yeah, like uh, Provorov turnovers, <laughs> three and a half. I would I would take that money line every single I would bet my mortgage on that and I don't even have one I would take a I would take a <laughs> just to bet it. it it's I I have to wonder like do they keep shuffling these players out here out of pride thinking like oh we'll we'll revive the glory days of what the Flyers were and that'll get fans engaged and like we'll bring this big guy in and he'll knock some people around and that'll get the the old people that love the Flyers in the seventies to start watching, they'll buy season tickets. Like, do these do these people have any concept of how to build an actual NHL organization anymore? They like, just they just seem to think they can do it without great players. Like Rasmus Ristolainen, for what he's been this year, would be a nice role player, like nice physical role player uh, in the bottom half. Your you know, your five, uh, you know, your four, five, sixth defenseman. But, like, on this team that has nothing ahead of him, like, how is he helping? How is him hitting a bunch of people helping them at all? Like, if this was a good team, it would absolutely help. Like, shit, Luke Shen has been on a a cup winner because, you know, roles. But with nobody in the superstar role, all of the mediocre guys who just do a couple of things well mean nothing. I agree. And and the other thing that I'm I'm sitting here trying to figure out is like I'm not a hockey guy by any stretch of the imagination. I I played I played like pickup hockey in college just for fun. And even I can see that Sean Couturier has no moves whatsoever when it comes to a shootout. Like why in the fuck is Travis Konechny not out there as the first shot? I get it, he hasn't done anything, but at least he's like a scorer. Sean Couturier just parks his six foot three ass in front of the net and gets little garbage dump ins. Yeah, like he had a little run there where he showed some hands, but it's very obvious he has one move. In the last two shootouts, he's tried the same thing last time from the left side, this time from the right side, and both times the goalies took away the five hole and he gave he just had nothing. Yeah, I mean that first shootout he ten he had earlier in the year, I, I think he literally gave up halfway through skating to the goal. And was just yeah. Let me just shoot this into your into your into your glove. Like he like the goalie in that last one. I can't remember what game it was, but he comes around the left dot and he gets his head up. And the goalie had already taken away five hole. And by the time he came out of his cut and gave and uh, and got his head up, he he looked at the goalie and was like, "Well, fuck, I'm I've already lost." Like, before I've even started to make a move, I've already lost. And that's – it seems to be a recurring problem in these shootouts. I agree. I agree. It like, and I'm I'm sorry. I know that this is probably not going to be a popular opinion with Charlie, but Ivan Provorov is just – like, at best, like, when he's playing really well, maybe he's a four. But, like, that dude would never even crack the lineup on a, a Stanley Cup winning championship team like that dude that dude has no confidence he plays with no energy he just plays a bunch of minutes because he can move that's it like he's in great shape congratulations like there's a lot of people in great shape like 
if you need to play next to a number one just to look like a number two, you're a second pair defenseman, and that's what he is. Like he's he's all, honestly, I would love Sanheim on the right side with Provorov as a second pair. If you had two established good like Ellis and another very good defenseman, then you'd have something. But having these guys anchoring two pairs in your top four, like that's part of the reason we're terrible. Yeah, I agree. Thanks, Bill. Right. Thanks a lot, Zach. Uh, back to the request. There we go. Nikki Hall. Nikki, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How's it going? Oh, just swell. Well, I didn't watch the first period. I probably shouldn't have watched the rest of the game because, my God, I thought I was honestly optimistic after Tuesday's win. Huh. And that's, you know what, Nikki? That's the part of me that was thinking maybe this team can be something else. Mm-hmm. Is a little glad that this happened, just to erase that little bit of like, oh, maybe there's no, there isn't. They're terrible. Whenever they start to show a little bit of something, like winning three in a row, they will then come out and piss all down their own leg in an empty stadium against the worst <laughs> team in the Eastern Conference. And honestly, that listen. If they're going to empty a stadium, and that's the, one of the things, it's it's an unrelated point, but, like, just put the 2K noises back in there. Like, hmm. watching a full, I only watched 40 minutes, but watching a full, or not four, it's 60 minutes that every hockey game is, right? I yes, got my sports. Yes. Okay, okay. Watching a full, well, 65 minutes of that was torture. Like, I could hear my own thoughts. Like, I don't like that. Like, anyway. That aside, um, I mean, yes, this is a team that's bad. Is it the worst team we've seen? Not necessarily. I've I mean, seen, I've that, seen that's worse. The, that, that's the worst part, though. Mm-hmm. Talent-wise, they are not the worst we've seen, but they are equaling the results of some of those absolutely talentless teams, like teams that were trotting out R.J. Umberg, like the ghost mm. of R.J. Umberger. We're like on that level, and we have much better players now. Oh, no, we do. And honestly, I'm glad. I think I don't know if it was a la- – it was a, a, one of the callers was like, yeah, I mean, it all kind of starts with Fletcher. Like, don't get me wrong. This past summer, all the moves he made, props to him. But the summer before that, how the, how the hell do you – how the hell is Eric Gustafson the best possible <sighs> – Mm. No, in between, like, he had the summer t- uh, three years ago now where he brought in Hayes and Niskanen and Braun. And then he had this summer where he brings in Ellis and all the vets, Ristolainen, all the moves he made. In between, he brought in Nate Thompson, Derek Grant, and Eric Gustafson. That's what he did for, like, a year and a half. He did zero to improve this team. And we're seeing the results of that now. They have no very good players. Claude Giroux, Carter Hart, that's it. And and it's honestly a shame to both of them. Guys who are already here. Oh, yeah, no. And it's a shame. It's probably, well, Hart's still young, and obviously we have time to build around him. Giroux, on the other hand, that man. He's going to be 34 next month. Yeah, he's going to be 34 next month, and he has yet to win a Stanley Cup. Like, that man deserves a freaking championship, okay? Something tells me he's going to do it and not here. I know. No, I know. I know, and that's the heart, and that's the disheartening part is we're gonna have to trade him like we did with Teeman, like we did with a few people in the past, or a few players in the past. Now that I'm thinking of it, like 
oh, it it's ridiculous. Like this this team can seriously not get anything going. Like yes, they they, they they're too inconsistent. That's the issue. Like when you're consistently goal- inconsistent, that's what they are. Like when your two goal scorers of the game are Jackson Cates and freaking and no no fault to them. Like congrats to Wilman and Cates for you know getting the goals. Obviously congrats to Cates on his first. But honestly, the first game he gets his first goal and this is the game. Like how bad? I I really felt bad for him. How bad does that suck? He gets his first goal and it's in an empty stadium. Like that's a bummer. It's not even just that. It's like they not not only was it in an empty stadium, but it's also a same game that they freaking lost. Like, yeah, and like a horrific effort. That that's oh man. Like of all the times I'd want to score first. I mean, obviously you can't control that with a lot of guys, especially some of the younger guys that are filling some of the roles because of injuries and COVID and all that. But like, it's really a shame. Like, yeah, some of these kids, we know the kids that can go up, come up and play with the big clubs. Like, there's no. There's no doubt in my mind who really belongs up here. Like, Wilman, he belongs here. Cates, I still want to see a little bit more of him. I think he belongs up here, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe these guys are fourth-liners. Like, that's what they are. And they're good contributing fourth-liners on a good team. But mm-hmm. if you have a good, like, tonight, uh, I'm seeing all these role players doing stuff. If those are the ones standing out, then you don't have shit. You're never going to be able to win if those guys stand out on a nightly basis. Oh, no, without a doubt. And just my last thing here, and I think I kind of beat the dead horse, but get rid of the freaking skills competition. Like, there is literally no effort from either team when it comes to it's just basically says, oh, this person's got moves. Oh, that person's – this player's got moves. Oh, that player's got moves. Like, it doesn't come down to individual effort. The best way I feel they should handle it, they probably won't, play OT and bring back ties. Like, I get the extending overtime is not ideal, especially when you're looking at a four- or five-game stretch within a week. But, like, shootouts literally – mm. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but like I feel you, Nikki. I appreciate it. Um, people know I like to shoot out. I like to see what guys will do. The thing, listen, I would love extended three on three. I just think like not everybody can play in three on three. You're asking a certain number of players on your team who already probably play the most minutes. Think about like the five and seven stretch the Flyers were just in. If they if three four games go to OT, like you're just asking, I think you're just asking for more star injuries than anything. Like, what did the NFL figure out? Man, people hate it when uh, our starting quarterbacks miss games. So we're gonna do everything imaginable to keep our starting quarterbacks upright and playing every game. Uh, like the star players in the NHL, granted they don't promote them enough, but when I'm late at night, you know, finish up a uh, finish up a post game. I throw on a game. It's going to be the game where I know players on the teams. I know the star players. I want to watch McDavid. You know, I I want to watch McCarr, whatever. If those guys are out, I'm definitely not doing that in my spare time. And I just think extending overtime is asking for more star injuries because you're asking for too much out of them. 69, Mr. 60, you're live. Hey, Bill. Fuck this team. Yeah. 
Um, going back to uh, the overtime thing, I honestly like they they should just change it to uh, each regulation game or yeah, every regulation game should be up for three points and then. Oh, I 100% agree with that. I figure regulation wins should be with, worth three. I do believe in the loser point a little bit, but absolutely, the uh, if, if some games are going to be worth three, why aren't all of them? Exactly. I mean, honestly, especially for the Flyers right now, you know how cool it would be to see them actually push in a third period to get that extra, extra point and not give yeah, it up 10, in, 15, in the overtime? What was it? 10, 15 seconds left tonight. Konechny gets the puck with an open breakout and just goes, ah, fuck it. And they eat it and go to overtime. Like, it just damages what, the product really? this way. Yeah. Yeah. But my, my big thing is that it's, it's clear. The rebuild needs to happen. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's like we're, we're it's, it's a 5% chance that they do anything to make the playoffs at this point. This team is not built for the playoffs. If they do clean house, they have to – it has to go, like, scorch earth because if you get rid of Giroux, you got to get rid of Katuria, Kamekni, Van Reems. Like, I, I would not want any of those guys wearing the C or leading the next group of guys in the same type of culture that we have. It, it just – it wouldn't be great for anyone's development. No, I agree, if, especially if Giroux tells you he's going to look to sign elsewhere, then it's over. Like, there's no way to replace what he is – um, like even, you know, they use that money and sign, say, Johnny Goudreau. All yep. right, cool. You're in the exact same situation. You have one really good player and a mediocre team. Uh, the crazy, yeah, it's just this whole team's just fucked, honestly. But uh, going back to the Coots shootout thing, that you had me cracking up, honestly. He has one move. He tries it from each individual side. But the thing is, after he'd be better off doing what Cam Atkinson did on purpose tonight, (laughs) crashed into the fucking goalie. Like if he just ran straight into the goalie, he'd score more. I don't know if you caught the replay at the end. Like after he, they showed the replay after he missed it, he like looked up to the sky and he was just like, how did that not work? His face, his reaction was just like, how did that not, did he really get that? It's like, yeah, no shit. He fucking got that. He read it. He knew he was going to get that after you crossed the fucking blue line. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, like, he's from – yeah, thanks a lot, uh, 60. Yeah, like, Caden Primo has watched the Flyers before. He knows exactly what you're going to do. He's from fucking Voorhees. His dad was the captain of the team. Like, <laughs> he knows exactly what Sean Couturier is going to do because Sean Couturier does one thing every time. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Christopher Slavin. Christopher, you're live. Chris, you're muted. Hit unmute. All right, try again, Christopher. I'll uh, I'll get you back up. Chris Toff. Chris, you're live on the post game. Well, I guess we can put those playoff hopes to the side for a moment, huh? Yeah, man, I'm gonna have to get my deposit back on those playoff tickets, I guess. I the only thing is, I hope Chuck uh, had some flash flashes of what could happen 
of an empty arena tonight. I mean, that's never going to happen, but it'd be great if the, the fans just said, you know what, this team sucks, do a re- real rebuild. Yeah, like, I would just love – I would love if uh, – because I'll never tell fans, like, don't going to hockey is fun, and we're all fans. Like, uh, support your team and all. I would love if there was one game where everybody just was like, nope. Like, if there was a game where they just – everyone decided we're not going to this one to prove a point. Yeah, it would it would it would mean something. It would show something. Show like you said, it show some spirit, some care, um, you know, to the fl- to the players. Um, but I I had a feeling that that they were not going to show up tonight. The the team and and because the the arena was empty. Like I just have a feeling that they were going to complain about not having fans, even though they were playing in an opposing arena. Like it just seems like it's there's always an excuse with this team. Like first it was oh five games in seven nights, which I know is a grind, but everyone has a compressed schedule. You know they beat Vegas, which was great, but Hart stood in his head. They yeah, beat, I mean they play that game. They play that game ten times. They lose six or seven. Like Carter Hart was awesome that night. That's all. Exactly. So then they beat two bottom feeder teams, which which is great, but that doesn't really. Uh, it's not worth congratulations. <laughs> no, you just like every team wins every now and then, and the Devils kicked your ass twice in the last two weeks. You better get one off them. My God, they're terrible. But but how do you go from like it's, it, I just can't. I literally cannot understand how you can play so inconsistently. Like first few games of the game, I'm not gonna say the first ten. First like five games wow. of the season, yeah. exactly five. They looked great. Like. Buzzing around and and they weren't they didn't all know each other so I'm like this is only going to get better. Then they start slumping, but they were still getting lucky. Then they lose ten in a row. And some of those games, they they I, I don't know if it was you the other night said they look like a men's league team. Like they look awful. And then they have two wins. And then again, we're back to it again tonight. So what is it? Av's gone. Terrian's gone. You know, are we still waiting for no, yeah, like, the, the, bo- the boogeymen that you hate so much that were the reason you just didn't want to play for this coach and his system anymore, whatever, they're gone. Tonight should have been a pad the stats night. Like, let's get let's get Giroux up over a point a game or whatever. Like, Couturier, let's get you scoring again. Like, tonight should have been a night for the best players to do something. But who scored? Fucking Max Willman and Jackson Cates, and nobody else did a damn thing. Like they're ta- they're just a bit. The only explanation for it is they're very bad. Like that's it. They're just a bad team. I don't buy that. I don't. I. I mean, they are obviously they are a, a bad team. But like they, I know we've said this time and time again every season. They're better than what they look like oh, on paper. They are- they are absolutely better than what they look like, and that's why I have no problem calling them a bad team because that's like just play up to your play up to your ability most nights. Nobody right. has it every night. I understand. Like you lose games every now and then. Like Ottawa has some wins against bad teams lately. But, My God. <laughs> yeah, like you you gotta consistently be who you're supposed to be, and they just never are. Well, listen, thanks, Bill, and uh, I, I hope they lose Saturday, honestly. I hate to oh, say 100%. it. Oh, 100%. But let's just, let's just rip off the Band-Aid, and they're going to probably have to lose another 10 for someone to actually make a drastic change. 
No, I agree right there, Chris. I, I feel you. Uh, like, this team, uh, <laughs> yeah, I would honestly now, I hope going into Christmas they've lost four in a row. Because, yeah, Washington and Pittsburgh, superior teams. I was hoping to just see a good effort against them, give you something to watch the second half of the season. But now, fuck it. I hope they lose to Ottawa because they deserve to. They deserve to be embarrassed, and then they deserve to be on a four-game losing streak heading into the holidays. Uh, let's go with John Sequella. Johnny Sack, you're live. John, you're muted. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm, I got I'm you. trying to work the phone. <laughs> I feel um, you. Yeah, it's like, like tonight, I guess it's more just frustrating um, because you come out of a coaching change, and they've had – five games and already two of them they just didn't show up for and you know what what else does it take um you know i i don't have an answer it's just at this point you know i'm gonna be happy when they win and you know hopefully they evaluate it and and see you know that there's major flaws and try to correct them they just haven't been willing to do that so far yeah i just like how do they even correct these flaws at this point? Like it is, you should just come out and know we're going to impose our will on Montreal because they stink. Like they just don't seem to have that in them. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's just, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's gone on for years. You know, they play down to bad teams levels. Um, You know, they come up with a surprise good effort against, you know, a Washington or, you know, whatever other good team there is. And then, you know, they run into a Montreal or an Ottawa, and it's like, you know, okay, well, whatever. We'll show up and towards the end and maybe try to get a point out of it. And it's, you know, it's just it's gone on forever. The talent excuse isn't there anymore because they have talent. It just doesn't mesh well, and there's still no, I don't know, urgency. I, I, don't, I don't have a better word for it right now. And it's just yeah, it's something no, that's, that's been there for years. You're 100% right about urgency, like – Tonight's the night you had that losing streak. You're looking to get yourself back in it, and you have a muffin on the schedule. And you just you just do nothing to take advantage of the situation. Like, you just don't do nearly enough. Uh, like, you didn't – a terrible team with, like, their third-string goalie in, and you muster nothing. Yeah. Montreal basically had, you know, a, a preseason road game roster dressed tonight. You know, you know, bare minimum veterans, and and that was it. Everybody else was an AHLer or a kid or you know, a guy on a PTO for you know for for all that matters. And there, there there's no excuse for just getting so badly outplayed by them for most of the game. No, like Cole Caulfield gets sent down to the AHL at one point this season. He's like ten shots on goal tonight. Like he looks like yep. like they just have no answer basically for anybody who shows some effort. That if somebody's willing to outwork them, they're like, well, fuck, we're—he's got us. Yeah, it's it's just it's frustrating to see. I mean, at this point now, I just hope that, you know, I, I hate to root against them, but you know, you just want someone to say, okay, we got to look at making, you know, more significant changes. I mean, you know, they made some significant changes this past summer, but at this point now, you know, Drew's a free agent. You know, you have other guys that are have a year or two left, um, you know, you're not getting enough from a lot of the guys that were drafted high over the past, you know, five or six years. Um, you know, they're just, they, they've all backslid and are 
at best inconsistent. So, you know, you really have to look hard in the mirror and say, what do we have here? You know, what, what is a piece moving forward? What, what can we, you know, move to get other pieces or, you know, do you, do you go full nuclear? It's just, you know, this, this now this season is all about evaluation. It's not about competing. It's not about making the playoffs. It's, you know, you have to look and see what you have and make a decision for the future. You can't, you know, you can't just sit there and say, well, we got this guy hurt and this doesn't matter at this point. Those are just excuses. Yeah. And it's, and thanks a lot, John. Like it's been long enough. We know this thing ain't going to work. Like that's all there is to it. Uh, like if Ryan Ellis was the thing that was going to, the difference between being a team competing for the division and competing for the lottery, like then you were never actually that good. Uh, Christopher Slavin is back. Chris, let's see if we can get you up this time. Hit the unmute button, Chris. All right, Chris. Uh, we'll hey, wait, wait, there wait, you are. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> That's funny. It's on the bottom. Hey, how are you, Bill? How you doing? Um, well, how are you? <laughs> That's good. I mean, we gotta look. You gotta look at the bright side, my man. Look, they're never going away. Like this team's never going away. I get they're bad. We'll always have something to look forward to. I mean, I I just. I enjoy turning it on, and then I, you know what? When they were doing good, I was even turning it off. Like, eh, they're doing good, you know. Second period, I'm done. Point is, is like, you got to look at the positives. I know I'm talking to a, a couple of people who are very negative about it, but you know, in your stance, I'd say it's important to look at the positives because you have to do this. You have to watch the games, but there's always always going to be something to look forward to. And that's what I, that's what I appreciate about this team. I mean, I've been a fan six, seven years and to be honest, since COVID hit, I've never been more disgusted by the team, but dude, I mean, not, I'm not making excuses for this team, but like COVID hit, they, they just were trash and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to say, but I mean, at least we have, hockey you know we have hockey sorry that's what i wanted to add to it you know i appreciate it chris thanks a lot uh yeah like i, I get it I- i'll never stop i'll never tell anyone not to support the team uh, i'm gonna turn on the game every night and every time like i said like oh yeah i hope they lose to ottawa i hope they're on a losing streak and yeah part of me believes that but when they win their next three i'll, I'll I'll be happy with that because, fuck, I do have to watch every night. And, yeah, they're not going anywhere. And I really hope they don't because, like, a significant portion of my income is tied to this team now. So I really need them to stick around, and they're going to. Like, it's not like they're moving or anything anytime soon. But, fuck, man, like, this team, why can't they just be good? Like, they were good my entire life. And I realize they underachieved. They let us down. They broke our hearts. But I would take a broken heart over this bullshit any day. Like uh, the whole, you know, better to love and lost and everything. I'd much rather lose in seven to Tampa in the Eastern Conference final with a team that I was like, man, they gave it their all. I would much rather that than this shit. Uh, let's see here who hasn't been on yet. Kevin Staub. Kevin, you're live on the post game. Bill, you got me? Uh, I got you. Uh, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm well. How are you? 
Well, not bad. By the way, thanks for for you know these post games and you are the only enjoyable thing about this hockey season so far. So. You know, I know you're getting paid to do it, but everything else about the Flyer season has pretty much sucked. Um, we all need appreciate- our we all need our hockey therapy, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I would like to talk about the disaster that is Ivan Provorov right now. Um, Jesus, um, he he can't handle he the puck well? anymore. Like, nothing anymore. Well? Yeah. Nothing, nothing anymore, and, and he's getting worse. It seems by the game. Uh, it, his puck handling. Remember after uh, the the playoff series where he injured his shoulder in the next year, like a yeah. puck would just blow up off his stick. He couldn't he couldn't stick handle for shit. Well, he doesn't have a shoulder problem this time around. I'm beginning to think it's in between his ears, and he looks lost out there. He everything is robotic, forced. Uh, there's no anticipation. He's in he's in bad shape and like I said only getting worse no I do think there is a huge mental aspect to what's the matter with him because you see him he's out there with Matt Niskanen he's out there with Ryan Ellis and he looks like a good solid NHL defenseman and then those safety blankets get taken away from him and he looks like you said lost completely lost and you know what Justin Braun to me has been a better player than he has been this year Justin Braun's been our best defenseman and he doesn't even remotely belong on the first pair. And No, he's a third-pair defenseman. <laughs> exactly. He's a penalty-killing uh, specialist, third-pair defenseman, and he's been their best guy. It's sad. And and how many other defensemen on the team are making more than him right now? It's All of them. Pathetic. Uh, the, other, the only other thing I would like to say is, man, that Coots contract extension just gets – Oh, it looks worse by the period and almost by the shift. I don't know what's up with that guy right now. He better be injured. That's, um, no, like you never want someone to be hurt, but like I really hope there's something the matter with him. Otherwise, like, oh, man, if he lost it this quick, that's that's concerning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that shield, you know, he was playing like dog shit before that, that shield. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with him, but he he belongs in a third or fourth line as far as the C goes right now. His he's been absolute trash for weeks upon weeks, and it's not boding well for the future. It it is not. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Um, no, that's the the issue is nobody outside of Claude Giroux and Carter Hart are playing anywhere near expectation. Uh, Cam Atkinson has his flashes, and he is what he is. He's a nice secondary scorer. You're happy to have him. Uh, who who else? I mean, uh, Kevin Hayes has the built-in excuse. He's coming back from injury, coming back from a couple of surgeries. I understand he's getting his legs under him, getting back into shape. Makes sense. Uh, but who, who, like – Zach McEwen, like has Zach McEwen been like the fifth best flyer this year? You know, like it's it's just embarrassing this what they're putting out there. Craig Phillips, Craig, you're live on the post game. Craig, hit on mute, Craig. All right, Craig, uh, try to get back up. We'll see if we can get you unmuted. Sean V is back. Sean V, you're live on the post game. Hey man, sorry to chime in again, but I heard you mention the um, difficulty it would be to tank with Carter Hart on the team, and I know you talked about that 
on BSH today, and Kelly said, you know, if we tank, if we decide to blow up, we have to trade Hart. And I'm not going to say I fully disagree, but I, I do want to point something out. We're, we're 24th in the league right now. Imagine if they didn't have Giroux and then they traded a couple more pieces. I think we could easily be in the bottom five, even with Hart on the team. That's yeah, all I, I think want. It's, I think it's doable. You manage him a little more. You make him a tandem. Like, it, it's it's doable. I just think it's, like, especially as he ages into his prime, which he's not in yet, like, it would, you know, if he's the franchise goalie we think he'll become, it would become more difficult, but there's ways to, there's ways around it. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, also, you know, I don't know if we want to have a, a franchise goalie just ex- getting, you know, eight expected goals against them a night either. So, you know, maybe that's not the best path anyways. But, I'll just, you know, I just think about that stuff as a rebuild. Seems to be on the horizon, but I guess we'll see. Thanks again. You got it, Sean. And, no, those are, those are the questions that are going to come up. Uh, let's try Craig Phillips again. Oh, hold up. Yep, there you go, Craig. See if you can get that unmuted for me. I think there's a button at the bottom. There you go. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, sorry. Thanks, Bill. Um, I don't know. This just kind of feels like the end of a bad relationship where you really put a lot of emotion in it and you really get angry and upset for a long period of time, and now I'm just at the end of it. And it's no, like, like, I just want to let it go. Like, the indifference is there now, right? I so badly want it to work, and it's like, it ain't gonna. This is never – it's not, you know – She's not the one <laughs> like that's that's just where we are at this point. That's where I feel tonight. Like having those two AHL guys are the ones showing up. And, and you heard Jackson Knight like, oh, these are the guys that are showing up tonight. Like, what does that say? Yeah, like, it's nice. It's nice for them to have, you know, a goal for them to have a few highlights, play above themselves a few games, whatever. But if that's literally all you have, like when Jackson Cates scores, that should energize the whole fucking team. That should be like, all right, let's let's win it for he scored his first goal in the NHL tonight. Like, let's give him a night to remember. Like that should energize everybody. And it, it, it just nothing. Just they, they're so robotic and just so like so many guys just collecting checks. I just know anything out of this team. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Craig. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Nikki Hall. Nikki Hall is back. Nikki. Sorry, I had to flip over real quick. Um, I was actually talking in the comments, and uh, one of the guys, one of the guys, had, or one, yeah, one of the people had mentioned that they were like, "Oh, I've never ice skated before, but." Is it bad that I want to try out for uh, the one of the pairings? And I was like, you know what? I never ice skated for, so, before either. So, you know what? Let's both try out. Get me worse than what we have already. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but no, seriously, like, honestly, anything will be better. Honestly, anything is better than what we have right now. Like, I mean, just some sort of organizational direction. Like if, you know, they have some injuries, things aren't going right. If they were to have gone, you know, three, four weeks ago, if Chuck Fletcher had gone, no, we're going for it this season and made some moves to try to save that thing. That would be cool. 
And if they just looked at this and went, eh, it ain't going to work and blew it up, that would be fine. But they're just uh-huh. kind of waiting around for something to happen that isn't going to happen, and they remain mediocre. I just want some sort of direction. No, without a doubt. And it's been a common theme for the past Dare I even say the past decade? Because like since 2010, we really haven't had a direct organizational goal. Like when we had lost in the 2010 finals to the Blackhawks, granted I was still young at the time. It, it, it the team looked like they had something going into the new decade. And I thought, oh, well, maybe they'll do better the next year. They end up getting knocked out the second round. Then the following year, they end up getting knocked out. What was it? First round, round, I think it was. Second round, five games to the Devils. Second round, five games to the Devils. Then the following year, they didn't qualify. The following year after that, they lost. I think that it was the it was 2014 and 2016 they lost in the first rounds. Yeah, Rangers and uh, what was Rangers, Capitals, and then 2018 was the Penguins. It was every other year, and then obviously most recently with 2020 with to the Isles in the second round, seven games. Um. I just wish they would make some move. Like, yes, it's kind of gotten to this point of I want them to lose. I want something. Something needs to happen. Like, there is no – can we even say there's really a correct answer here in this situation? Like, I mean, there's a correct situation, but is there, like, a specific – answer that we can get that will solve most of the problems that we have now that's uh nikki affects a lot uh, like i don't know uh because this organization from dave scott chuck fletcher like i don't know if they have anyone to to actually make those decisions jack conroy jack is back yeah, sorry, Bill. Don't want to keep you here all night, but I, I'm just getting more and more angry as I, I listen and hear more about this team because uh, someone said uh, about like Provorov looking worse every period. Uh, how is that even possible that these guys are progressing backwards? You think Provorov? I don't know. Year five, year six. You think, like you said about the prime, he's accustomed to the league now. He should be correcting these mistakes, and he should be really like be a good player at this Proverov, point. Provorov, Sandheim, and TK, yep. this yep. is where we should, like, they should be carrying the team. It shouldn't and, be Giroux anymore. Like, it should be these guys, and they're just not good enough. And seeing them go backwards is the scariest thing, because, I mean, I, I, I'm, i like, mixed on I don't know if it's, like, maybe an organi- organizational issue or something like that, and that would be the worst, because say we do tear it all down, we get these, you know, top five prospects, and and what if we turn into the the Sabers or something? That would be horrible, and we can't develop any of these guys. It seems like everyone peaks year one, year two, and then just goes straight down. And everyone, you know, what's stuck in their mind is when they played good in like year two, and then their stock value just plummets. And that's why I think a lot of people think this team looks so good on paper and stuff is they think back to those years when they were shining. And now it's just going backwards. I don't even know how that's possible. And it infuriates the hell out of me. How are you getting worse? If TK was a 70-point player, this team would look real good on paper. But he's not. 
That's not who he is. So we need to move on from that fucking delusion. Like, I agree 100%, Jack. It's, uh, and it's what was flawed about the Hextall plan to begin with. And I yep. don't want to rewrite history. I agreed. Like, having some veterans around, like Giroux and Voracek, to see the young kids through and then still having – because young teams don't win cups. Like, that doesn't happen. You need to you need to go through some stuff before you're ready to contend. Having those guys still around when the kids came up seemed like a good plan. Unfortunately, the kids will never be good enough if you're drafting 14 to 22. Like, it's just yeah. – that's you need a couple of stars. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, though, Bill, for letting me come on again. And, yeah, just again, I, I just can't I can't take it. Just seeing them get worse, it, it boggles my mind. It, and with the lack of effort and everything, I'm just done. So thanks. I feel you, Jack. I appreciate it. Uh, let's get a couple more in here. Let's go to Justin B. Justin B. hasn't been on yet. You're live, Justin. Hey, hey, thanks, Bill. Um, so you guys spoke about it on BSH Radio. I'm not going to go into detail, but the uh, thought of Tortorella becoming the coach. <laughs> Um, I want to say I'm all for that. And then I want to go to your friend Dresher point and I want her to be the <laughs> PP coach so that they score super fast because they don't want to be on the PP anymore because of Fran Dresher. Um, but honestly, I, I think Torts would do great for this team. I've liked him for a while. I know he's kind of brash and harsh and, and, and a lot of people don't like him, but, um, uh, I will say this just as a personal note, when I lived in upstate New York, I, I volunteered at an animal shelter for three and a half years and he, uh, was actually one of the biggest donators to the animal shelter. So that was pretty cool. A nice thing of him to do. But anyway, um, like I said, I know you talked about it on BSH, but if you wanted to chime anything else in on the possible Tortorella era. Yeah. And it affects a lot, Justin. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, because it's going to be so hard to tear this thing down, which we all know they need to do, uh, and prolonging it might be a waste of everybody's time. But it might be the only realistic option is to just keep kind of throwing it against the wall. John Tortorella is that coach. Uh, he gets the most out of the least. That's, you know, Charlie said, that's when he's doing his best. Like those Columbus teams, uh, Undermanned teams, you know, Flyers, what do we keep saying? They just don't have that top-end talent. Um, these are the types of situations with a really good goaltender where he tends to get more than, uh, you know, this sort of – he gets more out of a team that maybe is underachieving or might be undermanned than a lot of other coaches. He might be a decent enough option. Uh, if they had done it right away, maybe I'd be more on board – like waiting till the end of the year, like, okay, we're going to start a whole other season, you know, with this, uh, yeah, we're going to try it again mentality. But just on on the surface, sure, bring me John Tortorella. Why not? Uh, Ian Ackerman. Ian, you're live. Hey, Bill. Uh, Elias, a couple of post games um, in the past you talked about, like, feeling bad for people that spend their hard-earned money on going out to the games and whatnot. I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I booked a flight to go out to Philly and uh, I'm going to get tickets real soon to go see uh, my first Flyers home game against uh, the Sharks. I think it's like the 8th of January. I'm going to take my uncle, who's a huge Flyers fan. He got me into hockey. He tells me all the stories of the glory days of the bullies and all that. And uh, 
man, I feel like it's just like cruel and unusual punishment to uh, take my uncle to that and uh, for me to see a game this year when everything is just terrible. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot, Ian. It's a it's a shame that this will be your first one, and yeah, it's a it's it's a shame for the people who support this team. And man, them tickets ain't fucking cheap. You know, like uh, it, it's it sucks for everybody. Christopher Slavin, Chris, you're live. Hey, Bill. I got you. Yep. Um, what? So I just want to ask about the Red Wings rebuild when they had to do it. Um, as compared to our rebuild, if we do it this year or next or however, you know, obviously I think on the uh, BSH radio, you guys were talking about how it would have to be over the um, the off season or something else. But what is a rebuild like for us as compared to some of the more successful, I guess, rebuilds like the Red Wings? They're okay now, I'm hearing. Just what does that look like? It, uh... They have to tear all the way down. That's what it's going to take. Uh, you know, you can keep Carter Hart, Joel Farabee, uh, you know, Wade Allison. Like, identify a few pieces to keep around, but they have to start over with this thing, and it's going to be real tough. Uh, what they do have going for them, just in terms of asset accumulation, first of all, Claude Giroux, uh, you can cover up to 50% of his salary which means some contender out there can get Drew at, you know, for some million. Any team would, you know, looking to win a cup would want to do that. You get a big haul uh, for Claude Drew. And then they have a lot of guys on one-year deals right now. Uh, Derek Broussard, some idiot team would take Keith Yandel. Um, they have a bunch of veteran assets on short-term deals that I think you can get some assets for, and that's what it's all about, asset accumulation. And then you just got to get lucky. You know, the Flyers got lucky one time. They got up into the number two pick, and the dude's a bust. That's going to happen, too. Uh, You look at the New York Rangers. They got up into the top of a draft a couple of times, and it's not like the players are great, but they were aided by the fact that Artemi Panarin wanted to go there. So you get your superstar even though you can't draft him. Adam Fox was willing to sign there. You get your superstar even though you weren't able to draft him. Uh, And you need that sort of luck to go along with, you have to do all the right things in terms of accumulating the assets to, you know, eventually build a team with some great players on it. Right. Uh, I also wanted to add, I've always, it's always funny hearing what player, what people have to say about Ivan Provorov because I just remember when they were saying he was good. That was my first year. It was his first year playing. It was his rookie season. I was like, yeah, this guy is good. And then after that, I realized this guy just is a robot. His, he has, I, I know I'm Mr. Positive, but I, I like to add this guy has nothing dynamic. He doesn't, he, he moves like he's, he, he was studying the night before how to be a hockey player. Oh, this is how I move my like shoulder. Like he, he doesn't move dynamically. He is nothing. Like aggression, there's no heart. There's just like this is what I'm supposed to do, and I'm okay at it. I'll get by. I'm a millionaire. Whatever. I don't know. That's why I just and, that, and Chris, I I appreciate that point in that like even like does everybody have to be uh, you know Rasmus Ristolainen or Samuel Moran and just like be out there to fuck some people up? No, but man, Drew Doughty gets fucking mean, you know. Uh, Duncan Keith would get fucking mean. Chris Pronger, my God. He'd fight anybody, teammates included. 
like you need a little, especially playing the minutes he plays against those top end players he plays against. You need a little bit of that, and I don't see it in in him. Uh, Chris H. Chris, you're going to be our last caller tonight. Oh, hey, Bill. I just wanted to add something because I've been listening to everybody, and I mean. <laughs> Like, when you look at the teams that have recently won the Cup, like Pittsburgh, you know, Washington, Lightning, they all had a plan. Like, when they went out and got guys in free agency, when they went out and traded for guys, those guys fit the system. They were speed guys. Like, Pittsburgh, when they won all those Cups, traded, you know, got Kessel, when they got, you know, Hornquist, they got guys who fit what they were doing. But the Flyers, they get guys like Yandel and Risto, and a mishmash of guys, and I don't know what system they're even playing because, like, some of these guys have speed, some of them don't, some of them are aggressors, some of them aren't. So you don't have guys that even, like, you just have a jumbled mess. Like, you don't have yeah. a system in place. Like, you don't have a plan when it comes to building your roster. Because they're not building around anybody. That's, like, the main problem. And thanks a lot, Chris. Like, um, they're – they're just like trying to fill different roles and they're like, well, if we get this type of player to do this and this kind of, but there's no main like nucleus to the thing to build around. And since that's the case, you just end up with what Chris just said, like just a combination of pieces that don't really quite fit anywhere. And they've tried to change the fit and clearly it isn't working. All right, guys, uh, we're coming up on like an hour 20. Uh, that is way more than I planned on talking about this shit game. I mean, it was not the least bit entertaining, uh, and we managed to fill quite a bit of time with it. I realize, you know, everyone's got something to say. I like to give you all a chance to say it, and we did that tonight. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button, search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and bang, content, content, content. Um, I'll be back for the Ottawa game. We'll see about that one. But this team is just beyond belief at this point. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. Until next time, have a great week, everybody.